0: This is the Little Bits of Stuff podcast show. I'm your host, Nicholas Ate, here to give you, as usual, the best of information as regards health. Premarital health screening is it mandatory? Let's break it down, shall we? Okay, okay. So, premarital health screening, should you do it? Marriage is the fundamental building block of the society and the cornerstone in building emotional, healthy, and family relationships. Now, the healthy marriage guarantees the family members a little bit of respite from infectious diseases from a lot of hassles, from a lot of issues when it comes to the married life. A healthy marriage is a state of agreement and harmony between the married partners with regard to the health or the healthy psychological, uh, sexual, and even uh, legislative aspects aiming at a sound family and healthy children. Now the premarital health screening is basically some series of testing that couples do, you know, couples who are planning to get married, you know, a series of testing that they do to screen for genetic blood disorders like uh, sickle cell anemia, thalassemias, you know, for infectious diseases and STDs you know, they do for fertility testing and, you know, and so on and so forth. Why would you want to do a premarital health screening? Well, first of all, it helps to limit the spread of some genetic blood diseases like sickle cell, like thalassemias, as we mentioned before. It helps to screen you for, you know, these disorders. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, why you need to do these things uh, later on. It helps to promote awareness about the concepts of a comprehensive health marriage. It reduces the pressure over health institutions and blood banks. It avoids the social and the psychological problems for families whose children suffer from some ailments, and it helps to reduce the burden, the financial burden of the, uh, on the family for some, you know, special disorders. So, for people who are planning to get married soon, the advice is to get some premarital health screening at least three months. In fact, in some countries, you should have done a premarital health screening within three to six months because at six months, it's, uh, the, the premarital health screening certificate is no longer valid. So, you do it between three to six months. The, the reason is this. It helps families. It helps couples to plan their lives better when there's an adequate space an, an adequate gap between when you do your test and see your results and when you get married. Moving on, so what are some of these uh, diseases, what are some of these tests that you can do premarital health screening-wise? Some of these include genotype, uh, hepatitis, HIV, hepatitis B and C, of course, HIV, STDs, uh, blood group, fertility tests like hormonal profile. It can be both on the male side and the female side hormonal profile, ultrasound scan, seminar analysis, and so on and so forth. Let's start with HIV, shall we? Now, HIV and other transmitted diseases are very common in our environment. They are so common, like you can see, uh, one in three persons, one in four persons, or one in five persons suffering from one STD or the other, from HIV or hepatitis, and so on and so forth. Now, many faith organizations, faith-based organizations, started screening their members or started requiring these premarital health screening certificates from their members because of several stories, several sad, tragic events that has happened over the years. And I, I, I don't blame them, actually. Uh, in as much as we understand and we know that pre-test counseling, post-test counseling and voluntary testing should be the basis for testing for HIV, should be the basis for testing for most, uh, most diseases, most STDs and, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you have very touching, very, very touching stories of uh, individuals who have gotten married uh, who wouldn't have if they had known their partner had some ailments or the other. Take, for example, uh, there was a study done uh, which shows the prevalence of HIV infection among individuals referred from faith-based organizations in southeastern Nigeria for for mandatory premarital HIV screening. They screened a total of 319 individuals. And guess what? Out of this, 25% were confirmed HIV positive, comprising of 13 males and 12 females. Now, this, for example, would serve as some basis, you know. I mean, if you know beforehand that your partner is HIV positive, then you can plan ahead. You can take appropriate decisions on whether you want first, whether you want to move ahead, with a marriage or not. Secondly, if you want to move ahead, then you can make adequate planning because there are ways you can live, there are ways you can have sex and so on with someone who is HIV positive. And you may actually have some you know, advice, some consultation with the doctor, you know, with um, uh, counselors and so on and so forth who will show you and give you adequate advice as regards what you're about to get into. So, if you have a patient, if you have a couple who, you know, have screened, and, you know, for these diseases, it is usually better, you know, uh, family. Usually, uh, they they communicate well, you know, they tend to understand each other better because they know what they are in for, and they know, what they have planned to do. So HIV, hepatitis B and C, you know, they are life, they are, you know, they last for a, a lifetime and you, you do not want to uh, joke with these when you know, deciding who you want to spend the rest of your life with. So the knowledge that your partner, you know, has one of these, you know, helps you protect yourself or seek, even seek for adequate medical care if your you know partner turns out to be positive and you decide to go ahead, so other STDs like gonorrhea, syphilis, bacteria vaginose, vaginosis, warts, and so on can be treated with medical care, and you know it's it's not a big deal actually because of the you know level of medical care that we have nowadays, okay, and it will also reduce the risk of uh, infertility and miscarriages. Enough of STDs. Enough of infectious diseases. Let's talk blood group compatibility test. Now, blood groups need to be compatible with each other to avoid problems during pregnancies, like the, you know, like we find in the resource disease. Uh, now, in in the resource disease, there are antibodies, you know, in a pregnant woman's blood that may When we talk about resource incompatibility, now there are antibodies in the mother's blood which attack or destroy the baby's cells. (laughs) Funny, right? Uh, So it happens when a resource negative, you know, blood group uh, woman marries to a resource positive husband. You know, and when this happens, you know that there are ways we take care of this medically, and. I mean, if this is known beforehand, then one can plan medically beforehand when the couple wants to start having babies. Uh, but just imagine if you know this is missed. Okay, you can have you know babies who don't survive, and then you keep having miscarriages and miscarriages upon miscarriages. We all know the impact of that on the psychology and even the marriage as a whole. For you know, a couple—it it can be devastating. Let's move on from that. How about facil- uh, fertility testing? Now, this is an <laughs> uh, this is very essential. Um, a lot of uh, homes have been destroyed. A lot of families have been destroyed because of this. Now, I'm not here to judge anybody, but um, some have, you know found it very important, very, very important, to try to uh, talk about uh, fertility testing before they even go ahead. Some wants to know if the woman, funny anyway, but some wants to know if the woman even has a womb. Some wants to know if the woman can uh, reproduce. But uh, who wants to know if the guy can also reproduce? Okay, so it, it can be, you know, it's two prongs. Actually, from the male or from the female. So the male can do some uh, seminal fluid analysis, uh, which will show if there's some infection, um, if there are some low spam count, or immotile spams, or if the spams are lazy, one thing or the other, that may eventually lead to infertility, okay? Uh, the female may want to do hormonal profile to see if the hormones are balanced, you know, if the hormones are in, at appropriate levels, because these actually have a very big role in, you know, pregnancy, in sustaining a pregnancy, and even getting pregnant in the first place. Okay, some would have to go through an ultrasound scan, to determine, I mean, you may find things like a fibroid, which may be big enough to, you know, even hinder fertility sometimes. And again, if this woman then needs surgery for this fibroid, you're able to plan before the marriage, after the marriage, or immediately, or you don't even want to bear the responsibility of having to, you know... <laughs> Uh, pay for surgery for surgery fees and all that, and you're like, oh no, go take care of your of your issues first, then come back and we'll talk about marriage. I mean, of course that would be funny, right? Because you you want to get married to this woman, and you should you know take well be a man, really, <laughs> you know. But 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 seriously, you would want to know. Uh, if you're going to take responsibilities for some issues before even getting married, you will want to know if there are anything that, you know, would affect your marriage and deal with it at that particular time. So a lot of um, issues have, you know, uh, been debated in terms of this fertility testing, but if you feel it's important for you, you can go for it. I've seen families, I've seen Couples, I think there was a couple who had, uh, you know, and this confidentiality is issue is is really a big deal when it comes to the medical world. Okay, you may find that a woman has even no womb at all, and you've been going from prayer house to prayer house, and you've been, you know, consulting doctors everywhere and so on. And I mean, the you you <laughs> you as a doctor can see a woman who obviously you know. Uh, maybe in the past has had an abortion and probably does not have a womb uh, because it was removed due to complications and, and so on and so forth. And you can't actually face the husband and say, hi, hi, your your wife does not have a uterus, so you guys can't get pregnant. I mean, it's confidential, it's confidential, okay? Unless the woman gives you express uh, permission to tell her husband. So this i mean i've seen that happen like firsthand like real time so it's it's not even an exaggeration at all so if if you have if you have um pre um, marital testing you know and both of you have this you know conviction you know with the tests that you have you know before you that you could still go ahead then by all means by all means go ahead and, you know, it makes things easier for everybody. Testing for blood group, I mean, for genotypes can, you know, let you know what it is. Are you AS? Are you AA? Are you SS? Are you whatever? So that you can plan to give a birth to healthy children who will not be sick, who will not frequent hospitals or clinics almost every week. Okay, it can be really, really, uh, a very touchy, uh, very, very touching, um, situation. Okay, if you're as, your husband is, your partner is as, please just um, don't do it because of love, please. Just, just find another partner. I beg you. Okay, if you're ss as, I mean, there's, that's there's, there's really no point. Please, okay. So, we've talked about a whole lot of things here. I mean, we are almost at the 16-minute mark here. But but what I'm saying is this. There are a lot of uh, premarital testing and screening going on out there. The question is, should you do it? The question is, when you do it, should you actually act on it? If you find your partner is HIV positive, would you go ahead? If you find your partner is hepatitis C positive or hepatitis B positive, would you go ahead? If you find that your partner is AS and you are AS, would you go ahead? If you find that your partner's sperm is, I mean, if your partner has a low sperm count, would you go ahead? If you find that your partner does not have a womb at all, would you go ahead? would you is the question here would you do these things for love would you do these things because you have um trust in your partner would you go ahead for conditions which you know are very fatal and severe would you go ahead for a patient whose hormone i mean for a partner whose hormones are all over the place and you know I mean, for this uh, woman to get pregnant, to take some careful planning and some prayers and so on, would you go ahead if your partner has a fibroid big enough to you know, distort her womb and you know, make it difficult to get pregnant? Would you go ahead at all? Would you bear responsibilities? Would you be able to plan? These are thoughts. These are issues that you need to think about before getting married this is a not so medical not so um, I don't know but at the same time I felt inclined to talk about it because there are a lot of questions there are a lot of issues surrounding this and the best thing I would advise actually is before you get married consult your doctor get medical advice get medical fitness, uh, get some screening done. Aside from the fact that it's going to help you get your married, married, married life in shape, it's also going to help you as an individual. If, I mean, you do some tests, you know that you have an STD, you can get treatment for that. If you know your blood group uh, may cause uh, resource incompatibility issues with your partner, you can get help for that. If you know your hormonal profile is, you know, deranged, you can get help for that. If there's a fibroid, you can get help for that. If you have a seminal infection, you can get help for that. If you have genotype A, 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 S, 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 I don't know if you can get help for that. Just don't do it. So, for intending couples out there, The question is, would you do a premarital health screening or not? If you will do one, which one would you do? Would you do everything I've listed here? Or would you just aim for a few? Or just aim for one, for example? What if your faith-based organization decides you need to do everything? Would you still go ahead? Would you want to? Please leave your comments, leave your answers in the comment section of my website or any platform where you feel comfortable. And we'll get back to you on that. For now, this is the end of this episode. And I'll see you in the next episode. Please share, subscribe, and help others.